uh, add on to what my dad said about Next Camp. Uh, it's life-changing for all our teens, and I thank anybody who helps and supports us in that. We had a great week. Uh, a burden was on my heart at West Central Camp. That was put on my heart. And Wednesday night at Next Camp, I surrendered my life to the ministry. And it's crazy. I'm just praying so much for what God would do for me in my life. And the thing that got me most of the week is my friend Colby Wallace. Somebody paid for his way to go to camp. The last night he came up to me and said, Caleb, you have no idea how I feel when so much people are praying for me and care about me. Because he found out his mom has cancer and he don't, she may only have a year and a half to live. And I, I think I'm, I'm his best friend. He said, I just, I thank him for everything. I thank y'all for uh, supporting us and the teens. Y'all have no idea how much y'all mean to us. The cross was enough. The cross was enough. 
altar of our praise. Let there be no higher name. Jesus, Son of God, you laid down your perfect life. You are the sacrifice. Jesus, Son of God, you are Jesus, Son of God. On the altar of our praise, let there be no higher name. Jesus, Son of God, you laid down your perfect life. You are the sacrifice. Jesus, you call me Jesus. 
Savannah Civil is going to bring a special. Miss uh, Barbara gonna bring a special. I walk in my life 
powerful question to ask, and uh, appreciate all the specials in song. They are great, and uh, of course, we're real proud of uh, Caleb and the decision that he's made and following the Lord and lift him up in prayer. You'll have a chance at the end of the service to uh, tell him that you're praying for him, and so lift him up in prayer. Go ahead and open your Bibles to the book of John chapter 19, and we'll get started with this new, uh, or the summer sermon series, get my vocal cords to work in here. <clears throat> the number three, a thirst for suffering, a thirst for suffering, this uh, passage that we'll look at. You know, I looked at several of the places that uh, God's Word talked about suffering and uh, and the, in the thought of our thirst. And the Bible mentions about this thirst. It mentions about a thirst for the Word of God. It mentions about a, a, a thirst here for suffering, a thirst for eternity, the woman at the well had uh, a thirst. Jesus said, I'll give you water. If you drink it, you'll never thirst again. And uh, looking at these thirsts. And here, and I thought about this scripture, this is probably the most famous I thirst in the Bible. Where Jesus said on the cross, one, he had seven sayings that he uttered from the cross. You think about that. that those sayings ought to be pretty important if Jesus saw fit to say something while he was suffering for you and I. Our eternity hangs in the balance. He suffered and bled and died for you and I. And as I was thinking about uh, these scriptures, and I think, what, where do you go with this? When Jesus said the words, I thirst on the cross, what, what direction do you go? And I realized he's suffering. And then if you connect the dots in the Bible and look at it, we are not exempt from suffering. As children of God, we, as a matter of fact, are told ahead of time that we will suffer. The Bible is explicitly clear that you and I will face this. So, as we look to God's holy word, would you stand with me for the reading of God's word? John chapter 19, we'll begin reading with verse 28. It says this, After this, Jesus, knowing that all things were now accomplished, that the scripture might be fulfilled, which of course, if you have a reference in your Bible, it says Psalm 69:21, which that's the prophecy that said he would say that, that he would thirst after vinegar and gall. And that's what they would give him anyway. And there was a vessel set full of vinegar, and they filled a sponge and, with vinegar and put it upon hyssop and put it to his mouth. When Jesus, therefore, had received the vinegar, he said, It is finished. And he bowed his head and gave up the ghost. Father, as we pray before you, help us that we would realize that 
serving you will bring difficulties. And serving you is worth it all. In Jesus' name, amen. You may be seated. Serving Jesus is worth it all. He, the suffering of Christ was indescribable. I love the way the Word of God tries to give us a glimpse into this suffering. Just a, a powerful scripture is found in 1 Peter chapter 2 and verse 24. It says, Who his own self bear our sins in his own body on the tree that we, being dead to sins, should live unto righteousness by whose stripes you were healed. So, thinking about this, the, the suffering of Christ will and has led to our suffering. Well, I don't want to suffer. Wait a second, Brother Michael. Where is that in the contract? I did not know that. What, what is the second? Did you mean to tell me whenever I got saved, I signed an imaginary dotted line somewhere that said I was going to have to suffer for Christ? Well, it comes in there. <laughs> Matter of fact, if you ever look at the uh, church covenant, the church covenant is not scripture, but it's scriptural. And it's also, it tells in there a summary that we're to live separately. We're to live differently than the world, just living differently than the world. And a lot of people love to, whether you're at school or at work, if you're different, it doesn't matter if you're different spiritually or if you're just different physically, a lot of people pick on things that are, are different. And so, so many times if we live differently, uh, people will call us names. If people, oh, you're one of those, you know, the old saying, you're, you're one of those Jesus freaks. You're one of those Jesus followers. You're one of those goody two-shoes. You're one of those churchgoers. Oh, you're holier than thou. And you never said anything except I just live differently. I don't, you know, I believe in that it's wrong for sex outside of marriage. I believe it's wrong to cuss and steal and drink and lie and, and cheat and we do all these things that's acceptable in today's society. It's just mixed in. And we live like so many people live like everybody else. And there's so many Christians that don't separate themselves. They don't act any differently. We may put on a front. We may act differently around Christians. But when we're around non-Christians, we act like non-Christians. And we just blend into the world. But Jesus says, if you live for me... You'll suffer. <laughs> You'll people look at you different. People will know that you're different. And so many of these songs that have been sung this morning call us and talk about. I mean, finally, in just an awesome, powerful song. He's worthy to be praised. He's worthy to be lifted up if He's your Savior and you're going to heaven. Is He worthy? Amen. Is He worthy? Amen. He's, I mean, He ought to be worthy of just saying the word Amen. He ought to be worthy that He's your Savior and He's my Savior. I just needed to wake you up, didn't I? Don't worry, I'll come back down there again. Okay. He's worthy. A famous quote by a preacher who decided to be differently, Dietrich Bonhoeffer, who stood up against Hitler... And he said, when Christ calls a man, he bids him come and die. 
Die how? Die to yourself is the main thing. You die, you die spiritually, you're dead spiritually already, but you die to your own desires. You die to your own decisions. You die to your own will. You give that to God. We'll look at some scriptures that uh, talk about Paul said it best, and we'll get to those in just a little while. But it, it is true, and matter of fact, it did cost the stand against tyranny and against uh, freedom cost him his life. He was right before Hitler committed suicide. He had this pastor hanged for his stand and his betrayal to the government. But he wrote that people ought to live differently. He didn't believe... Matter of fact... Um, there's a neat quote by just staying with Dietrich Bonhoeffer. Uh, just said something pretty emphatically. He believed that Christians, Christians who were said, I'm saved, I know Jesus, but they didn't live any differently. He said that's called cheap grace. Cheap grace. You cheapen grace. Whenever you say, I'm a Christian, I, I'm saved, I love Jesus, but we live no differently. We don't act any differently, and you cheapen grace. And by that fact, he means that grace is given so that we should live, and if we are really saved, should live differently than the world. Should live differently than uh, people who do not know Jesus as their Savior. So if the Bible mentions suffering, if you are saved this morning, if you know Jesus Christ as your Savior, what should you expect? Well, the Bible tells you what you should expect. In John chapter 15, in verse 18, it says this, If the world hates you, you know that it hated me before it hated you. It's interesting. If you have a Bible, yours is probably red letter edition like mine. A lot of red here around John 15 and all of that, isn't it? But on verse 19, if you were of the world, the world would love his own. How do you put that in everyday terminology? If you just blend in and act like everybody else, guess what? You'll get along great with every lost person. You will, but because you are not of the world, I have chosen you out of the world, therefore the world hated you. Verse 20, remember the word that I said unto you, the servant is not greater than his Lord. If they have persecuted me, they will also persecute you. If they have kept my saying, they will keep yours also. Verse 21, but all these things will they do unto you for my name's sake, because they know not him that sent me. Man, Jesus is painting a picture here. Wait a second. If I live for Christ, I'm going to go through difficulty. If I live for Jesus, it's going to be tough. Because I'm, you're, you're called to be different. Some people think that it's, it's okay. God's Word says it's not okay. Some people say it's just go with it. Go with the flow. Whatever feels good, go along with it. But Jesus says take a stand. 
I love what it says at the very end of John 16 and verse 33. These things have I spoken, I have spoken unto you, that in me you might have peace. You know what that means? That peace that comes there is peace that knowing that when the world, and I know many of you have been through this, many of you, whether it be through a family crisis or a crisis at work or a personal crisis or just some trouble that you're going through, did you know as a child of God, as a child of God, in the middle of a storm, you can have calm. Whenever everything's falling apart around you, I love that uh, there's this uh, southern gospel song, The Eye of the Storm. And everybody knows in here, probably everybody in this room knows what the eye of a hurricane is. It's just a neat analogy. An eye of a hurricane, but it's spelled E-Y-E. The song, though, the eye of the storm is spelled with a capital I. Because the eye of the storm is Jesus Christ. He's the calm whenever the storm is raging around you. That's a pretty cool thought, isn't it? What does it, the rest of the verse say? You, sh- you might have peace. In the world you shall have tribulation. But be of good cheer. I have overcome the world. Man, that's powerful. That is awesome. Well, you say, wait a second. Is there, you know, it's kind of like if you, uh, I don't know the exact laws, but I do know that uh, if you sign a contract to buy a car, you have like, it's a window. I think it's three days. I may be wrong. And uh, you can get out of it. You can you can get out of it. AT and T. I don't know about Verizon, but you know you have when you get a when you get a contract. Again, it's a contract upgrade on your phone, and you get that new phone you have, and you get that, and you say, "Oh, I'm just dissatisfied." You can you have a window. There's a window of opportunity where you can get out of the contract, or because once you you re up the contract. We haven't been under contract in a while. I'm so thankful to just keep buying used phones and <laughs> reusing them and all this and to keep doing this because I just hate being held under that contract. And uh, so there's a contract that you, a little time period, but did you know when you give your heart to Jesus, there's no backing out. You say, well, I wish I could get out of this. I didn't know I could have something. Well, you don't want out of it, number one, because if we get out of this blood-bought contract, we lose eternal security, and that can't be done. You cannot lose your salvation. You say, I didn't know that whenever I was getting saved that I'd be called to suffer. But there is a way to turn this thing off. There's a footnote, if you will, kind of interesting. 2 Timothy chapter 3 and verse 10. He says here, he says, but thou, clean off my glasses here, but thou hast fully known my doctrine, what I teach, my manner of life, purpose, faith, long-suffering, charity, that means my love, my patience, persecutions, Timothy, you, you know what I've been through, my afflictions which came to me at Antioch, at Iconium, Lystria, that was all those churches where he started on his first missionary journey, 
that I endured, but out of them all the Lord delivered me. Verse 12, here's your way out. If you're a child of God this morning and you don't want to suffer persecution as a child of God, here's your, here's your footnote. Here's your window. Verse 12, yea, and all who will live godly in Christ Jesus shall suffer persecution. So if you don't want to suffer persecution as a child of God, just don't live for the Lord. Just be like Jonah and run. <laughs> you won't suffer persecution of people. <laughs> You'll suffer persecution of the Lord. <laughs> so take your pick. Do you want God mad at you or the world? Well, I think I'd rather have the world mad at me than God mad at me any day of the week. <laughs> Don't want the Lord. So just that's what it says in the Bible. In God's holy word, yea, all who will live godly in Christ Jesus shall suffer persecution. So just don't don't live for the Lord, and the world won't get you. But God might. Mm, well, how to suffer? Well, did you know the Bible tells us that not only that we will suffer, but how to suffer. Matter of fact, it tells us that we should suffer with a smile, so to speak. When all the world is upset and everything's clamoring around us, to suffer with a smile. It's kind of like one of those smiley faces that, you know, that you can put on one of those smiley faces and just be smiling and be happy when the whole world around you is falling apart. Well, you say, well... Are we really called to be that way? Are we really called to to be happy? It's kind of like that uh, old uh, song back in the 80s I remember. Don't worry, be happy. Don't worry, be happy. It's kind of, matter of fact, that's the Lion King, Akuna Matata. And uh, so that's the way the, the Bible tells us how that we should smile, how to have the right attitude, the kind of attitude we need. It tells us exactly how to act. Look at Acts chapter 5. In verse 41. Acts chapter 5 and verse 41. <clears throat> the Word of God says, again, how to behave whenever you suffer. How to act. And they departed from the presence of the council, rejoicing that they were counted worthy to suffer shame for His name. Well, my rejoice? What are you, preacher? Are you crazy? You mean I'm supposed to be happy whenever somebody calls me a name? If somebody called you a name because you live for the Lord, yes. If somebody acted out towards you, ridiculed you because you are displaying a fruit of the Spirit. Did you know there's fruit that Christians are to produce? Did y'all know that there's fruit that we're to give off? We're to give off love and temperance, that self-control. We're to give off patience and hope. And all of these things are our fruit that we're to produce. As Christians, so if you love other people and are kind to other people and you show kindness and, and uh, joy and you share Jesus with others, it always might not be accepted. I remember, you know, I was just so proud of our young people yesterday. <laughs> just different. We had Remember those, if you were here last week and saw the skit that we had about the different reactions 
You know, there was a lot of Miss Jan. Uh, she put she was the portrayal of just a a nice person who was very polite and just you know just says she took it very kindly and just went on her. A lot of people were that way at Walmart. Now I wasn't at Jay's. I was over at Walmart. And then we had a lot of people who were like Miss Tabitha. Matter of fact, had the phone up. Matter of fact, it was great to get through the, you know, and we had a lot of people. We had a secret word, a code word at Walmart, because y'all know that you have the main entrances at Walmart. Then you have those side entrances way at the end of those. We, and we had the code word pickle. Don't ask me. It doesn't make any sense. It's just a word. Okay. And that meant somebody's trying to avoid us and they're going out the side door. You, and we'd, you know, they'd holler pickle. There goes Darren Hopper. He, nobody got away from Darren. And so, zoom, he is getting them. So we had all the, but it didn't matter. There was a lot of people who used their phones just like this. They were like Miss Tabitha and the skip. And they didn't want, to, didn't want any handouts or anything. And didn't want, a lot of people were trying, we were trying to refuse donations just because that wasn't our main purpose. We refused donations and still ended up with $370 or whatever what it was. <laughs> and just people would say, no, we have to give you money. And would put it in the bucket. Walmart made us have a bucket out there and donations, all that, the rules and whatnot for that. And I said, well, I've had a, a Miss Jan type and I've had the uh, Miss Tabitha type. And I had several Miss Martha types. So that was the person that was actually interested in our church and asking questions and i said i didn't have any darren you remember the skit darren took up his piece of paper and wadded it and threw it at me and i uh, didn't have darren said i had a darren <laughs> so it was appropriate that he should get one <laughs> and uh especially another darren but uh so and all that but so if you try to talk to people about the lord or church or bible school like we were doing it it's going to happen. You're going to run into all different kinds of reactions. The Bible says that this is going to happen. We're to count it. It says here in this text to count it joy. In James chapter 1, the Word of God mentions this. About how, what kind of smile you should put on, how, how you should react, and how you should be. James chapter 1 verse 2 says this, my brethren, count it all joy when you fall into diverse temptations. And that te word temptation there just means tests. It, you could be tested. Knowing this, that the trying of your faith worketh patience. And then if you skip down to verse 12, you have a promise. Blessed is the man that endureth temptation or test. For when he is tried, he shall receive the crown of life which the Lord hath promised to them that love Him. We say, well, Brother Michael, I just don't know about all this. Uh, is uh, I just, you know, suffering? Are we really called to do this uh, and to live like this? Well, we're called to take a stand. Maybe there's somebody here and you just... What is the purpose of your Christian life right now? What's the purpose of your Christian life? Right now, everybody in this room, if you are saved, if you know Jesus as your Savior, a good purpose is found, or summary of a purpose, is found in Galatians 2.20. And it says this, I am crucified with Christ, which means 
that I'm dead. Nevertheless, I live, yet not Michael, not Paul, but Christ liveth in me. And the life which I now live in the flesh, I live by the faith of the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. As we prepare for a hymn of invitation, I ask you, do you know Jesus as your Savior? And if you do, are you willing to live for Him? If you know Jesus as your Savior, are you willing to say, I will stand for the Lord. I'll risk it. I'll try something. Uh, there was um, several yesterday that they, they didn't like to talk to people they've never met. But you know what they did? They risked it. They tried it. And then they said, this is a piece of cake. We have freedom in the United States. I don't know how much longer we'll have this freedom. We have a lot of freedom in our Hamburg school system. I don't know how much longer we'll have that. We have freedom in our community, in our county. How much longer we'll have that? Hopefully a while, all of our lives, hopefully. But you never know, do you? There's a lot of places that you don't have that freedom. Will you be willing to risk, in other words, take advantage of your freedom, take a stand for Jesus and a stand for Christ? Will you live for Him?